Today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee, we are going to be talking about the coronavirus and how Christians should be responding during this time of isolation. You don't want to miss it. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, welcome to Christ Culture and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashwell. I'm here with my co-host Tyler Hurley. Yes. Whoa, social distancing. Oh, ah, six feet. I need to What's sanitize happening? the shoulder. Oh afterwards. yeah, you better. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna make sure I don't touch my shoulder. If you the can rest find hand sanitizer at any store, I guess. So yeah, Maybe. we'll see about that. <laughs> well, hey, we're glad you're here with us today on this uh, pandemic episode. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the coronavirus, um, a lot of other things, but uh, yeah, it's been an interesting last couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, we record a little. Bit ahead so we haven't had time to talk about what's going on yeah, with the yeah. coronavirus so that's everything. why the past couple episodes were different topics just because that's what we had planned on yep. doing we didn't plan on there being a pandemic you know no it's hard I, to I, see that coming <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure so. but we definitely want to address it and talk a little bit about what uh, a christian response should be to these things and why god allows suffering like this to enter into our lives mm. and uh, what he's trying to do uh, through it so that's what we're going to be talking about but today yeah. we want to start with a coffee tip we yeah, always start with a coffee right. tip and th- this is your pandemic coffee tip mm-hmm. this actually happened to me um uh, a few days ago so we were running low on groceries sure and uh, my wife does this thing called click list where you you go online yeah, yeah. and you order stuff from the store and then you can you just go pick too. it up and they bring it out yeah it's awesome so anyways as you can imagine with everything going on the the waiting was like you can usually do it the day before and then it's ready, but it's like a three, four day wait. Okay. Wow. Which, okay, whatever. We were fine. But uh, this was troubling. She uh, orders everything, she picked it up, and she was like, okay, there's only about 50% of the stuff that we ordered, which I've heard that that happens. Okay. But the worst part of it was coffee wasn't on, uh, didn't make it. We had it to buy. They said, hey, sorry, wow. we're out of coffee. <laughs> and that's when I started to feel this thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, but so yeah. so she's like, can you go to the store, uh, a different store, and pick up some of these things? So I went to the store, and I seriously headed for the coffee aisle because I'm like, I have got to find coffee. I was freaked out about it. <laughs> so I was thinking through like what I might have to do in order to make it. Panic buy tons of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, so anyways, yeah. long story short, I got to the aisle. There was tons mm-hmm. of coffee at this store. I mean, tons of it, all different kinds. It was great. Um, so I bought a bunch of it. Not a bunch of it. I bought enough for the, for the week. But um, I was thinking about what would I have done if we couldn't have had any, you know? And of course, I can go without coffee. I don't have to have it every day. But this idea of reusing the same coffee grounds, mm. again, not the best tasting cup of coffee, but it's good enough to do the job in hard sure. times, right? Sure. In hard times, pandemic times. Desperate times call for desperate <laughs> measures. Yeah, this is definitely a desperate <laughs> measure. So um, I was thinking about if that would work, how it would work. You know, you can use a tea bag for a couple of different cups of tea. I thought, okay, okay. coffee. So here's the tip for today. Yes, you can reuse coffee grounds, um, but you don't want to reuse them longer than the day of your first use. Because and and a lot of you will know this. Some of you have left your coffee grounds in your coffee maker a little too long, and then you're like, "I'm gonna make a pot of coffee." And you go in there, you flip it open, and what do you see? Mold. It's the black plague. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. So coffee, wet coffee grounds are a great place for bacteria and mold to grow. Mm. So you do not want to reuse them 
um, the next day. You, you can reuse them, but it has to be day of. Okay. Again, not the greatest tasting cup of coffee, sure. but if your coffee rations are low, I wonder you if can this do works it. with like K-cups, if you can reuse them. I think you can. Now, you can't reuse K-cups yeah. that are hot chocolate because like all the stuff okay. actually comes oh, yeah. out. Yeah. But yeah, I know people who have reused K-cups, and, it, and it works. Okay. So. Anyways, so that's your wow. tip for today. It's possible. It's not recommended if you don't have to, but sometimes you have to. If that's yeah, all you've got, sometimes you can do it. So there's your tip for today, but do not use it any longer mm. than after one day. One day is the limit for uh, wet coffee. Well, I want to try reusing grounds in general, so hopefully it doesn't Ye- even come to yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't come to that. But if it did, uh, if it did, that that's the tip for today. So wow, yeah, there, there you go. go. Okay. All right, so here we are. We're going to be talking about, um, man, so so many different things. Um, but I, I've just been a little saddened and shocked about people's response to this whole coronavirus thing. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people are panicking. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, Christians and non-Christians, like, like the whole world is panicking, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, in the stock market, right? Yeah. You're seeing that happening. Economically, everything's Econom- falling apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, you got, like you said, the panic buying. People are, I mean, toilet paper is running out everywhere. And yeah, who knew that was going to be the hot commodity, you know? I mean, yeah. That's it's very interesting. That's shocking. So, I mean, like, like, yeah, like things are just flying off the shelves. Like you said yourself, you're having a hard time even getting groceries. I didn't know how Yeah, severe, well, some of them. Some I of mean, it's getting, but here's yeah. Here's the thing, though, like, it's not it's not as bad as it seems sure, like sure. if you go to the stores in the afternoon um certain things are gone yeah but uh i was at the store the other morning because i was having coffee with a friend sure and the grocery store was the only place that still had chairs outside we could sit at okay so we bought our starbucks and then we walked across <laughs> to the co- to the to the grocery store uh, and so we're sitting there funny. and it was amazing because um they're like hey we have a shipment of toilet paper just come into the back they and, announced it yeah they were announcing wow. it. hey guys if anyone needs toilet paper we have a shipment and we're giving one pack away per household you know to make sure everyone can get some there was no rush there was no panic everyone was doing fine um, but then my friend's like, Hey, actually I'm going to go check and see if I can buy some eggs. Cause my wife told me to get some eggs while I was out. And since okay. we're right here, so we went in and the entire grocery store was completely stocked. Wow. Like, no kidding. All produce, all meat. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought like in my head, I'm like, well, of course, like they get new shipments like almost every night. Like, well, sure. <laughs> that's not that big too. of a deal. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, so, so that's where I don't get some of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that like stuff's running out, but they have more. It's not like the world's running out no, of this stuff. It's, well, and you know what's funny? Like, not funny, but you know, all restaurants are still operating. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. They are. Like, I can just order a pizza and get it delivered, and we can order Chipotle, and we like. Yeah, it's, there's still restaurants open. So, like, it's not even like we're out. We're not out of food. No, at e- all. even sit-down restaurants are still doing takeout. Yeah, every and, restaurant's still open. So. I, it's just it's a it's yeah. a weird situation, and so I was thinking through like what's going on and why is everyone freaking out? Right. Um, and, and you hear all the different ideas and different sides of things, and unfortunately, the media sensationalizes so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all sides of it, conservative, liberal, whatever. They're they're selling you something because they're businesses, and they want yeah, to keep right. you hooked and watching twenty four hours a day. Right. When I was a kid, the news was like on three times a day. Not 24-7 <laughs> all the time, yeah, vibrating yeah. your phone so it falls off the counter. Like, it wasn't like that. And what I've, what I've thought about a lot with this, Tyler, is how, you know that story, The Boy Who Cries Wolf? Yeah. You know that? Mm-hmm. So there's this kid, and he thinks it's a funny joke just to say, oh, there's a wolf, and people come and run. I, my wife says I say the word wolf funny. 
Wolf? Yeah, she says they say it like wolf, but it's wolf. Like the L. I don't pronounce it very well or something. I didn't I didn't catch that when well, you said Well, that's good. That. Well, the wolf. boy who cried wolf. Wolf. Yeah, I, didn't I, have, hear it. I, yeah, I struggle a little with that. Uh, wolf. Uh, wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but he, he says there's a wolf. Yeah. People come running, he cracks up because there's no wolf. Yeah, there's a wolf. People come running, he cracks up because there isn't. But then there really is. <laughs> and everyone's like, we're not falling for it again. But it's a real emergency, right? I think because for the last you know, 20, 25 years, uh, the, the media has sensationalized news. Like, you, know, you notice everything's a big deal. Yeah. Breaking yeah. news. There's breaking news every day. <laughs> and there's breaking news almost every hour. It's because they're trying to compete with each other. Yeah. It is. And, yeah. And they're a business. Yep. So if everything is breaking news, nothing's breaking no, news. No, no. <laughs> does, does that make sense? Yeah. And that's where we're at. It's like there's some people who, who are panicked and they're going and buying everything. Then there's other people going, I'm not taking it serious because they, they make a big deal out of everything. So nothing's a big deal. Uh, and it's a yeah. very interesting time to see different people's responses. And so I was thinking through all this and uh, – I, I, it reminded me of um, a few things that I had read in this book by J.P. Moreland and Klaus Isler. Mm. Um, if you haven't read this book, you need to get it. It's called The Lost Virtue of Happiness by J.P. Moreland and Klaus Isler. Great read, pretty easy read. It's not, it's not super deep and difficult. It is profound, though, and it's amazing. And one of the things listed in it was they talked about how our culture is filled with people they, they call the empty self. People yeah. are are identified as empty selves, and they give four traits of what the empty self looks like. And so I thought it'd be cool for us to share with you yes. um, what these traits are, and, and you'll recognize them, uh, and you'll understand them, uh, and you'll know people who exhibit them, <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, that's true. But then in light of this happening in our culture, we can see why people are responding the ways they are to the coronavirus. I think that's fair. Right? So that's kind of the direction of the show that we want to go in today. Yeah, because you can see clearly by some of these examples that we give, uh, it's kind of humbling too because you try to identify with where you fall into this. Like when I was looking, reading through it, I'm like, okay, like am I acting fearful? I'm like, no, okay, so good. Like it kind of defines terms in a proper way to see where you fall on this whole response to the epidemic yeah. here. And it helps us to think, what is a Christian response to this? Yeah. What are yeah, we to be? How does Jesus want us to live? And that's obviously ultimately the goal that we want to get to. So, well, let's go through this. What are yes. these traits of what J.P. Moreland and Klaus call an empty self? There's four things. Uh, the first is that the empty self is what they call inordinately individualistic. Yes. Right? And our society is very individualistic, right? Everything's about you and your wants and your desires. I was even thinking yeah. there's this billboard um, uh, for one of the casinos here in Arizona, and it says, you do you. And I've seen you're it right. like a hundred times. Right. Oh, it's gosh. everywhere. I know where you're talking about. I can't remember a casino, but yeah. It's... Yeah, it, yeah, but it's it's you do you. That's the message. <laughs> yeah. You do you, because it's all about you. Yeah, you're right. And that's different. Like, like what's interesting is you see in other societies, people are not as individualistic. Like, uh, mm-hmm. for instance, like in foreign countries like Japan, where it's a family-based society, and they talk, you know, there's there's heavy emphasis on the family. Yes. Right? Uh, oh, you don't want to do this because it might harm your family. Yes. Whereas here, we mark it towards the individual. It's a little bit more yeah. self-focused. So that that's just as a culture, that's how we identify. That's why, like casino ads, it says... You do you, right? Because that's what gets yep. to people. That wouldn't it's really like, fly do... in other cultures. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because but it, it sells here because it's all about me. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, like sometimes you doing you in Japan 
does not bring like that's not kind of what people are after it's not uh, they're not after satisfying their individual needs it's about satisfying their community making people around them approve of them and yep. that's that's different and then you find other cultures where it's completely different where it's uh, sure. flipped around so it, it's varying but in the US in particular it's a very self-oriented kind of message in the culture yeah i'm my own individual i yeah. don't think about my family mm-hmm. i don't think about my community um definitely don't think about my actions in light of bringing shame on my family mm-hmm. or bringing yeah. shame on my community right we think about no it's just me and whatever yeah, i'll, I'll live right. with the consequences we say things like that right i will live with the con- we yeah. even like i was thinking about it we even like market to um uh, to to young people, especially, we warn them in individualistic ways, mm. like with drugs. Right? Sure. What are the top ten reasons not to do drugs? Oh, it'll ruin your future. It'll ruin your finances. It'll and it's all about you. It's not. It'll embarrass your family, <laughs> right? Yeah. It'll make people look down on your parent. Like it's never about that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's all about individualism. So that's the first trait of the empty self is. It is inordinately out of balance, mm. individualistic, and yes. and that's uh, one of the traits that a lot of people in our society are walking around with. Yeah, you want to go ahead true. and read the second one? Yeah, absolutely. So the next one is the empty self is infantile, mm-hmm. right? Uh, adolescent personality traits are staying with people longer today than in earlier generations. Yeah, that's very right. true. And you know, I I think what's interesting about this, you, it's true. You can see there's there's been this cultural shift, and I I, I mean. I think part of it is due to, uh, obviously, an advancement in technology, I'm mm-hmm. sure, that has something to play with it. I mean, like, back in the day, you didn't have uh, instant gratification in your pocket, right? Sure. Where it's just, like, a phone that could pull up literally everything. Yeah, sure. Like, like, that's why you said, like, back in the day, even with news, like, you couldn't get the news right at your fingertips that quickly. Yep. Not like we do today. And so, yeah, I think just over time, uh, there's kind of this need of uh, instant gratification, yep. comfort, and, and seeking, that's and that's like an infantile, immature thing. It right? is, it is exactly, yeah. and that's why not, not the empty comfort, self is infantile. That's why we say that. Yeah, because there's they are like I I need to gratify sure. myself instantly, quickly. I want what I want right yeah, now, yeah. on demand, right? Of course, and All like we say infantile with with that too, because you think of like a baby crying for its yeah. bottle, right? And yeah. then usually that's the only way that it can get what it's what it wants. Yep. Is ask cry. So baby cries, gets the bottle. You know, like that's kind of the mentality that you go with here. Um, well, and when, when yeah. you're like that, you're controlled by your appetites. Yes. Whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's an appetite for entertainment, experience, whatever, adrenaline, mm-hmm. you're, you're controlled by that. And really what, what the infantile self is lacking is self-control. Yes, that's correct. And then uh, to top that off too, like the ultimate evil is dissatisfaction and boredom. Like yes. that's the idea with them. It's it's not having pleasure. It's pain, endurance, and hard work. That is the ultimate evil in that <laughs> yeah. idea. It, it is. It no, is. No, it is. And that that's the thing. And it, you think about it. And obviously, no no one really like. I don't know too many people that genuinely say I enjoy pain, endurance, and hard work. I don't know if it enjoyment in, 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 in the moment. Of yeah, it, of sure. course. You know what I mean. Uh, but but the, the the idea that we're getting at here is we're not saying uh, saying that it's saying that like you you fear that almost. That's kind of the idea of this. Um, this you avoid self. it. You avoid it. Yeah. yeah. It's because this this is considered evil. Boredom. Yeah. Uh, Why would I work hard at school endurance. if I can just go on Spark Notes and I can get all the cheating answers? Sure. Yes. Why would I work exactly. hard at this if I can just? So it's it's I'm looking for the loophole. I'm looking for the easy way out. Yes, yeah, uh, because that, endurance and hard work is right. Horrible. Right, something that's instant 
in, like instant gratification, mm-hmm. something that's immediate that you can get access to. Yep. That's and we idea. have a lot of people living that way. They're yes. individualistic and they're infantile. You know, mm-hmm. even thinking about it, um, it's really interesting, Tyler. I heard John Stone Street say this, or I read it from him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about how, you know, in the 80s, when they were making movies, um, the, the stupid, immature person in the movies were teenagers mm-hmm. because they're literally adolescents. Yeah, right? that's right. And so you had all of these teen movies about coming of age and growing up and making mistakes. And yeah. Then you get into the 90s, and the adolescent is no longer the teenager. It is the uh, 20-year-old adult. Think about it. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Right? J- uh, Jim Carrey. Right now, the, the yeah idiot, that was the movie. Yeah, the adolescent right isn't a teenager anymore. It's it's a it's a twenty something. Then you get into the two thousands, and who's the who's the adolescents? Full blown like 30, 40 year olds like yeah. uh, Will Ferrell. Right, I isn't think that, that interesting? You're absolutely right. Yeah. So even and it's it's kind of that that age range. So it kind yeah. of just progressed. There's a reflection in entertainment sure. showing us kind of what people are seeking because the goal of our culture, sadly, is to remain an adolescent. We don't have mm. we don't have young people desiring to become adults. We have adults trying to be 16. Mm. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Well, uh, I'm seeing too. Like uh, in some ways, actually, even right now, it almost seems like that's starting over. And I'm wondering if, too, it's just another generation. But I'm thinking about, like, there's a lot of films out there that are focused, too, on, like, younger kids. Like, yeah. Uh, like, uh, or, like, what's been big right now is Stranger Things, right? Sure. Uh, sure. Like, sure, it's been going for a little while now, a couple of years. But, yeah. like, stuff like that. Like, that, uh, like, like a throwback kind of thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. And it's, like, redirecting back into uh, younger generation. And then, so it's kind of interesting to see the cultural shift and, yep. like, just the way that people are thinking. It know? really is. And and the sad thing with the infantile empty self is that virtue, mm-hmm. right, and cultivating good character isn't even on the radar. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's yeah. that's really sad. So the goal, like you said, is to have a pleasurable life, a happy life, yes. not to have a good life. Yes. And in, in this uh, mentality, amusement is the greatest good. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the empty self is individually, uh, inordinately individualistic, mm-hmm. uh, infantile. And then the third trait is they're narcissistic. They're, they're completely preoccupied with their self-interest, their personal fulfillment. And we actually have seen this creep into the Christian community in the church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When church yeah. becomes about my musical style preference, when it becomes about, I like these kinds of chairs, I like this sort of carpet, I like this, and you hear people say things about, oh, worship mm-hmm. was really good today. And what that means is, I felt a certain way about it. No, I've actually, you know, I've actually, I'm glad you brought this up, Robbie, too, and focusing on uh, the Christian perspective in church. I've, I've, I've literally had someone come to me before mm-hmm. and say, I, I really enjoyed church today, and I asked them, why why'd you enjoy it so much? And then they said, because... The worship made me feel good. Yeah. And, and, and it's and, not no, bad. No, no, no. But uh, yeah, and let me clarify. What they meant by that was they meant, they meant I, I think that I had a good feeling when I, when mm. I was experiencing it. But, they, but then they said, they basically were saying that like once the worship was done, though, I was kind of t- tuned out. And like sure. I wasn't. And it was basically like they were, they were thinking solely on like, okay, how am I 
consuming something out of this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that consumerism yeah, kind of mindset. Exactly. And, and, and that's and what I'm getting consumerism at. Consumerism is narcissistic because yes, it's like, exactly. I'm going to go get what I want right now because it's about me. Yes, I mean, correct. Think and, about and then you it. check like, out at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, even the idea, you know, the customer is always right. Yeah. That's narcissistic. <laughs> I like that. That's, it's, yeah. Right? It yeah, is. Yeah. It's narcissistic. And so it's, true. it's interesting in our culture because we, we see this in church. Um, we also see it in the education system. Uh, and this is just sad, but people go to college nowadays not to learn. Yeah. It, you're like, right. I never hear somebody say, I'm so excited about going to school because I will get educated on this subject. I love history. I love theology. I love engineering. Nobody goes to school for the pleasure of learning. Mm-hmm. People go to school to get a good career. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Arizona State University is uh, the number one party school in the nation. It's, yeah. it's labeled as that because people go there and they just party and have a good time. They don't, they don't, yeah. like a lot of, a lot, I'm not saying all do, but no, obviously. No, but that's like, an aspect of it. Yeah, But it even, is. even the education part school. of it though is it, nobody's, not nobody, but a lot sure. of people are going, the, the, this is the path. I right. go to college so I get a piece of paper so I can get a higher paying job. Not right. this virtue in investing in knowledge. Yes. There's now, virtue in learning that doesn't exist. Right, of course. It's I'm just getting a good job because I want to make more money so I can be more narcissistic. Yeah, right. And now, now we keep uh, backpedaling too, but it, this obviously isn't a blanket statement over everybody. No, but you do see this. this a but lot. But you do, you do. It's something that's common. Uh, I think it's it's really sad because you're seeing it it's, it's becoming more of a trend too. It's kind of a, No, a, it, a lot of people think this is what yeah. life's about. Yeah, it's about yeah. me, and it's about instant gratification, and I'm an individual, right? I mean, that, that mentality has always really been there in culture. But the sure. thing is, it, I, you can just see it populating, uh, especially in the time of the virus right now. Yeah. And then you, you're seeing Well, you're seeing that. Out. Yeah, you're seeing the aspects like that, yeah, of Yeah, that's what I mean, the aspects coming out. Yes. Yeah. Well, on the fourth, the fourth point, again, so it's, it's inordinately individualistic. Mm-hmm. The empty self is um, infantile. The empty self is narcissistic. And then the last one is that the empty self is passive. And this one's really interesting. Um, Instead of having a hero be your role model, um, the empty self's role model is the couch potato. Yeah. Right? And this is just true. You think about it. um, Why do people go to work? So they can pay their Netflix subscription and go home and binge watch all night or go home and play video games all night mm. and then show up to work trashed because I don't really want to cultivate virtue of having a good work ethic or giving my best for my community or my boss because it's not about them. It's just about me. Right? Yeah. So right. I go home and I binge watch or I binge play. I stay up all night and I trash myself so that I'm not ready to do my job. But it doesn't matter. The only reason I'm doing my job is so I can go home and binge <laughs> Yeah, whatever right right yeah right? binge used to be a bad term tyler i don't know if you know that when yeah, i was a kid I, it was I a actually, negative term. i hate using that word i i've never referred to to like something i i say splurge sometimes i'll say sure. that uh because just because uh, yeah you're you're right like binge kind of associates a lot of bad ideas in my it means mind. you're doing too much of something <laughs> yeah it that's, does. Yeah. It, it does. And, and, and like, like, that's the thing. I mean, I know like, like everybody splurges on stuff. I say splurge because sure. I, I, <laughs> I, I hate that word. Because, because the thing is, is like a binge, uh, like the, the idea of binging something, it means that, you, like you said, you're getting too much of it. You're mm-hmm. overindulging yourself in it, and yep. and that's something that, that you should really try to avoid from. And that was the yeah. idea. A lifestyle of binge is idolatry. 
Yeah, it is. Right? It is. A lifestyle of, of binging is mm. not moderation. Yeah. And scripture teaches moderation, but this isn't. But but the empty self is passive and and they want to consume mm. and they yeah. th- this is what this is what's really sad about it is the passivity becomes they um observe or they consume the aspects of life they're supposed to engage in through other people doing it. They live mm. vicariously yeah. through other people. Right, so the the elementary school teacher uh, parents for me and teaches my kid about sex and about life, and the pastor does the Bible reading for me and spoon feeds me my spirituality, and my favorite team wins for me. Right, yeah. they fight for me, and I just sit on the couch eating potato chips. Right, <laughs> everybody else does life for me, and I observe it. Observe it because I'm passive. Yeah, and and it's sad because as I'm saying this, I know our viewers and our listeners. You know people like this, and you've seen this in varying degrees. But sadly, this is what life is becoming. Uh, people are entertaining themselves to death, and they think that life is about instant gratification and them, not about community, not about contributing. Um, and and sadly, because we have a culture filled with a lot of people that are empty selves. Um, we've seen s- some very mm. negative responses to the coronavirus. Yeah, that's and that's right. kind of what we want to build up to with with all of this. Um, so the question would become again: empty self, pretty negative. Yeah, true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I would think say so. I never want to be characterized as that. I don't want to live yeah. like that at all. Right? Yeah. But what does Jesus say we're supposed to live for? How does He say what's the, what's the greatest thing we can do and be? Right. And luckily we have what he says about this. Amazingly. Right. I mean, we do. Yeah, we do. No kidding. No, we really do. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So (laughs) he says this in a couple of different places, actually. Um, It's called the greatest commandment. (laughs) Wow. I know. It's pretty amazing. The greatest (laughs) commandment. So uh, you want to go ahead and read that? So this this version, this is from Matthew 22, 36 through 40. But this is the greatest commandment. And if you have time, uh, I know you have time because you're just uh, quarantining oh, in your house. He got so, you there. Yeah, I, I did get you. There. <laughs> so read through Matthew 22. It is it's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. It's great. Jesus is just um, outsmarting every opponent that comes to him. Yeah. So read through it. But yeah, you want to go ahead and read that passage? Yeah, first? of course. Um, so again, this is uh, 22 verses um, 36 through 40. This is teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. This is awesome. Yeah. Greatest commandment. Love God, heart, soul, strength, mind. Yeah, and we'll see. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is great because he, what, the, what they're coming to him with this question, they're asking him like, hey, what is the greatest commandment? And by answering that, Jesus gives them something that applies to the whole law. Yes. Like, like yeah, the whole saying, Old Testament hangs saying, on two yeah, things. If you, if you like, like it said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. then everything else in Scripture follows along. Yeah, think about the, uh, the Ten Commandments, how they, yeah. how, they, how they fit into that. I think, yeah. If you that's love God with everything you have, mm-hmm. you won't commit idolatry. Yeah. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't have sex with his wife. Mm-hmm. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't lie to him and bear false testimony. Yeah. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't steal his stuff. Right, right. It all applies. Yeah, it, it all just, applies. It, it, and that's a great thing. And so, again, Jesus 
he knew what he was talking about. He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's very smart. Yeah, <laughs> right? when, the, when the, the lawyers so. and the Pharisees came and asked him this. But this is what we're to live. This is who we're to yeah, be yeah. when there's a pandemic and when there's not a pandemic, right? When there's coronavirus, when there's not. This is our goal. Now think mm-hmm. about what's different about this versus the empty self. This is you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, meaning yeah. not narcissism, not mm-hmm. individualistic, right? Not passive because love is active, Yeah. right? I mean, I think it's very interesting. We're supposed to love God with everything we have and love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what Christians are supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. But we've seen, Tyler, with this... Uh, you know, this panic that's gone around our country yeah. the past few weeks, um, people aren't responding like that. No. Right? Yeah, some are, and there's some cool stories, and we want to share oh, some yeah. of that. Yeah, right. But, but a lot of people are falling into uh, two different categories. So we wanted to talk about uh, the two categories we see happening a lot in response to the pandemic because people are empty selves, but yeah. then the third response of how we as Christians need to be during this mm-hmm. time. Right? Yeah. And, and so that's, that, that's what we want to get into. I, and I, I think that's great. And so, um, l- like, like we were saying, obviously, the main thing that we're seeing a lot of ha- happening is panic buying and hoarding. Yeah, right? and that's what we call So the, the first type of person we, yes. we, we want to identify is what we're calling uh, the panic hoarder. The panic hoarder, <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're panic. They're freaking out. I got to yeah. buy 15 times as much toilet paper as possible. Yes. Right? <laughs> I got I to get all the yeah. meat at the, at the supermarket. I've got to get everything. I've got a stockpile. Right? Yeah, yeah. And well, then, and then, what's crazy about this is what you're seeing happening is uh, the people who were panic buying early in the early stages created more panic buyers because they're see- everybody's yes. seeing everything flying off the shelf. Yep. So then you see it and you're like, shoot, I need to get that and then quickly yeah. buy it. And then it, it like, like it just gets into this, it, it, it builds fear because what happens is when you're fear, fearful and you go and panic buy, you're in, you're encouraging the panic buying yep. and the fear that's occurring within the rest of the country. It, yeah, it's, and it's and it's a false it's a false yeah. sense of security is what it is. I was talking with yeah. my mom and she was telling me that at, at Home Depot, uh, this one store, they completely sold out of all their deep freezers. Because think about this, people are going to the next. Meat? Was that it? Yeah, people it? are going to the next level. Instead of like my one refrigerator oh my that I use all the time isn't enough anymore. Now I've got to buy, and there's nothing wrong with yeah. having a freezer in your garage. I know a lot of people who do, but but the the fact that people were so panicked, they went to buy more <laughs> containers to hoard more food. Well, you know that brings me to uh, another point. Uh, so so my my father in law he works in the plumbing industry, mm-hmm. and he said that um, that they've sold out completely of bidets. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what, what a bidet is, yeah, it's it's a spout that shoots up water out of the toilet, so you don't have to use toilet paper. Yeah, that's crazy. So so yeah, they they've sold completely out of those. Wow. And, and, and like the cheapest ones that they have are five hundred bucks on, uh, for sale. So people there. are spending a lot of money because they're panicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like that's crazy. And so so it's you see like people are f- trying panic buying t- to such extremes that mm-hmm. they're looking to other methods. Yeah. Well, and and that's, and, crazy, and that's yeah. this is the point with with the panic hoarder mm-hmm. response to the coronavirus yeah. is that it's really um, unveiling or exposing the empty self that mm. this person is, and, and this is this is what we mean by it. When when you are so panicked by this that you go out and you're hoarding toilet paper or food or bidets <laughs> or whatever, yeah. right? Um, this is an infantile response. 
Yeah. Because is. I have to make sure I feel comforted and I, as an individual narcissist, mm. have all the stuff I want to have, Tyler, because God yeah. forbid I don't have chicken one day. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that the yeah. idea? God forbid I run out of toilet paper. I mean, think about this. Toilet paper is not a necessity. No. Do you know a lot of people lived without it for most of human existence? Yeah. It's true. Uh, I've been camping. And no, you know, this maybe is a, a too much information, right? Uh, TMI, is that what you kids say these days? Just kidding. <laughs> we kids. Yeah, whatever. I don't associate myself with, with these kids that use yeah. TMI. I've, but I've been camping, and you can go to the bathroom, and you can use other things other than toilet paper. We all have showers at our house. I mean, that, that, mm. that, that's gross, right? But it's, it's fascinating to me that it's toilet true. paper, it's a luxury. Yeah, it is. It's not a necessity. Meat is, is a luxury. When I was it in just, Rwanda it, last year, yeah. they only eat meat one day a week at most. Well, it's just that and people, people here think people they can't are live so accustomed it. to it that that it's that they've they've mistaken the luxury for a necessity. a necessity. Yes, and that's a sign of living in an affluent culture. Yeah, right. A it decadent is. Is. culture where we think we need things and we have no concept of this. And but but even beyond the um, the the stupidity of that is the the I would say cruelty of. I don't care about my neighbor enough not to buy all the stuff. Mm. Yeah. Right? That happens. That's scary to me. I don't care about other people enough. I'm going to hoard it and make sure I'm fine because I can't go without. Mm -hmm. Screw the rest of everybody. Yeah. That's just like, that is not what we're supposed to do as Christians, especially. But as human beings, we're not supposed to hoard. We're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, well, what's great though is you see, uh, some there are some positive stories. Thankfully, that have been coming out in this. Uh, I personally have heard of someone who uh, bought a stockpile, like they hoarded tons of toilet paper mm-hmm. when they saw that it was flying out the shelves. They went around and they bought as much as they could. Uh, except instead of hoarding it and keeping it all to themselves, mm-hmm. they went and they were giving it out to friends and family. And that's who awesome. They found out who they would they would have say, hey, look. Reach out to me if you're out of toilet paper yeah. because I bought a ton to give away. They weren't mm-hmm. selling it. They weren't they they bought it knowing it was flying off the shelves so that way they can they can meet a need. That's cool. And yeah. that is the rare exception. It is. It <laughs> is. Now that, and there's there's good sure. things we can do during these times, but the reason stores are empty of toilet paper isn't because there's good Samaritans going around you're buying it to give right. away That's like not Santa happening. Claus, right? Yeah. And and I like I like hearing cool stories like yeah, that. And right. there's a lot of people doing a lot of good cuz that's loving mm-hmm. your neighbor as yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. But by and large, the stores are empty because people uh, aren't concerned with their neighbor mm, yeah. they, they've turned tyler they have turned into toilet paper mercenaries <laughs> <laughs> right i mean that's that's, funny. that's what's going on yeah a, yeah a non-essential luxury mercenary uh it's just crazy to me and even i've heard stories about people saying and doing horrible things to each other at stores yeah because they're vying for this thing and and i don't know um if people have really run out I don't think so, man. You know? No, stores are still getting stocked. Like, you said it yourself. Yeah. I was at the store the other day, and they were announcing, hey, we've got more toilet paper in stock. Come and get some. And Yeah. Anyways, the panicked right. hoarder is not the response that we want to have no. as Christians because we don't want to be infantile. We don't want to be so individualistic and narcissistic that we only think about ourselves. We want to think about and love our neighbor. Yes, that, that is correct. Now, uh, the second type of person 
this is kind of an interesting one. We're calling the defiant ignorer, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, the, and, yeah. and if I'm honest, this is more of the struggle I have. This would yeah. be the person that I'd want to be more of. Mm. It's it's more natural for me to fall into this category. I would so, say that's fair. Yeah, do you want to explain kind of... Because I, I think I do too. Yeah. When I was reading this, this is something that seems... Yeah. You want to kind of explain who the defiant ignorer is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so basically the idea here is uh, to love your neighbor means to sacrifice your normal routines, mm-hmm. wants, and desires, and to possibly help not spread the virus to someone else. Meaning yeah. uh, you're, you're, you're thinking, you know, I, I'd have to sacrifice like, uh, like my routine and mm-hmm. what I'm doing in order to prevent other people yeah. from, from ge- dealing with this. Or, uh, or my rights are being infringed on by having to comply with these uh, mandates. Yeah, these quarantines like or staying home yes, laws and things like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so uh, basically... You, like you might be low risk, right, mm-hmm. uh, to the virus of getting it. But it, it, the idea here is, uh, it's not only about you, uh, which is the individualistic, the narcissistic idea. Uh, the idea is like you need to cut yourself off so that way you you are guarding and protecting those who are at risk. Mm-hmm. And that's where the and, defiant ignorer is. Um, yeah. We've seen a lot of these people where they're like, I don't care what people say. I don't think it's really a threat. I don't believe the media because they're crying you know, wolf. I actually, I did I'm that. going out. I did that for the first couple weeks yeah. but when it was coming out because I thought, I mean, like, like I'm looking at this and I've been hearing stuff about coronavirus happening since like back in like, like and it was like beginning of January, I think, yeah, when everything sure. started coming out. But then to me, I was making jokes about it like it was another Ebola. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, like, like yes, well, Ebola, kind of was, is, yeah. Ebola was far deadlier. Yep. But it was not nearly as contagious. No. I, and, like, it was – people were panicking. Yep. And, and then after – not after long, when it was spreading, it died off. And people stopped talking about it. Yeah. Well, and that's like, happened with a lot of different viruses. Yeah, and, not just and that. that's what's going mean, to happen It with happened this. with swine flu. It happened with well, – like, sure. and I'm talking about more recent things, of course. Sure. And now people – yeah, were they deadly diseases? Yeah. But, I mean – we didn't respond in such a way that we are with this. And so yeah. my initial reaction, I was following this a bit. because I, I want to just ignore it. Yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. I'm going to go out. You still see, I mean, sure. it's pretty crazy. Like California is like on lockdown. Right? I know. I have a strong feeling dude, Arizona could happen. Of, but there's tons of people at the beach. I know. They're not on lockdown. Nobody's listening. Nobody's doing it. Not nobody. There's the people who've hoarded the toilet well, paper yes, and they have yes. sealed their doors shut with duct tape. <laughs> people who have a, like... Like in those movies where they have like a like a bunker, like a quarantine yeah. zone or something. Like, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like that's the thing. You have some people that are doing that. But then you have the defiant. You have the panicked hoarder. Yeah. But then you have the defiant ignorer. Yes. Who's going yeah. to the beach and I'm going to live my life. And it is sad because basically what they're saying is, I don't think it's a real risk. I'm not a high risk because I'm not you know 60 or older. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I don't care about yeah. sacrificing my normal life, my routine, the things I want to go do, yeah, in order to love maybe my high-risk neighbor. Yeah, right? right. Isn't that, that mm-hmm. that's what's going on. Now, again, <clears throat> there's all this speculation of, well, it's not as crazy as people say, this and that. Regardless, um, can we love our neighbor enough to sacrifice normal life yeah, right. for a time in order to show them that, hey, I actually do care about you, and if there is even the slightest chance of harming you, I'm okay with sacrificing some things in order not to harm you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we but we right. see this. We see the ignorer. We see the hoarder. Um, and, and both of them are unloving to their neighbor, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with being prudent and being smart and making sure you have food and water. Of course, like you need to provide for your family. But this is a different level, man. Yes. When stores right. that are always stocked are running out, it's not because we've had a, <laughs> a new need for toilet paper. <laughs> because yeah, people right. <laughs> are stocking up like crazy. Um, I've actually, I've, have you heard about like Costco and these other stores? They put out these statements where we're not going to refund uh, you can't return toilet mm. paper to us. You can't yeah, return paper products to I us. I did see that because what's happening is you're going to see it's going to happen where like uh, all the panic buying is going to slow down yep. and then s- stores are going to be stocked up. Yep. But all the people who are panic buying and who hoarded all of these things are still going to have an oversupply that they don't need. Yeah. And then they went and they spent all their money on this. Yeah. And they don't need it. And they're going to, oh man, I overreacted. And then they're going to want to take it back. Yep. But then the store is like, nope. Yeah, well, like, and, and and what yeah. this really is is there's a group of people who are so infantile that they're overreacting to make sure they're comforted and soothed. Yeah, right. and have instant gratification for every meat and every type of paper product they want in their house. Yeah. Then there's the, the defiant ignorer who's underreacting. Yeah. Right. right so there's right. the overreacting hoarder, the underreacting ignorer, and what they're doing with this is they're finding a sense of um, Mm. self-control, not self-control, but they're finding a sense of soothing and comfort by ignoring Mm. what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And we we don't want to be either of those because both of those aren't loving your neighbor. And, And Jesus said the greatest thing we can do is love God with everything we've got and love our neighbor as much as we love ourself. Yeah, that's absolutely right. As disciples of Jesus, right, that's the third category, I think. We don't want to be the panicked hoarder. We don't want to be the defiant ignorer. We want to be disciples of Jesus. And what he calls us to is self-sacrifice. Yeah, right. right? He says to follow him. And he says things like, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to Mm -hmm. give my life as a ransom for many. And he, he tells us to live like that. And so how do we, during a pandemic, exemplify this? Right? What does that look like, Tyler? Like, what do you think? What does that look like for you? Yeah, well, for me, uh, probably not panic buying. Probably just buying mm-hmm. what I need. Um, and yeah. maybe calling up on other friends, which I have been, I have actually done. That was one thing I did in particular. I I know of several young couples uh, that are my age mm-hmm. who I knew from school. Uh, I can't. I've been contacting them in the That's past awesome. week because I I want to make sure I'm like, okay, you guys uh, are kind of young married, just like I am, mm-hmm. and I know that you're going to have like you're alone so like one of the couples i know is by themselves in this state mm-hmm. so i reached out to them in particular i'm like do you need anything yeah. like is there are you like do you have enough toilet paper do you have food do you have groceries like everything that you need like no one's sick stuff yeah. like that yeah. uh, and i think that that's that goes a long way like cuz the thing is yeah you're not like going out and throwing on like giving up a ton of money or anything sure. it just it just by just calling someone and checking on them and making sure that they're okay yeah making sure they're healthy that their needs are being met and that you just let them know that you're there uh, not only that uh during like a time of self-isolation with everybody mm-hmm. people are probably getting pretty lonely right now yeah i, I bet people are going stir crazy right yeah now, right? yeah and so I, I think it would go a long way if uh maybe even not if a phone call if a facetime or a skype yeah. call because we have that ability now to yep. have uh, video chats. So, I mean, like maybe we should be utilizing that during this time. Yep. So that way we aren't 
actually isolating ourselves. I agree. Know? Or be, just so. just because you can't go hang out at a coffee shop or go to a restaurant or go to the movie or whatever doesn't mean you can't even call up a friend and say, yes. hey, you want to meet and go on a walk now, and talk, right? social distancing does not mean social isolation. No. Yeah. And if, if you know your friend or you know your family member and they're healthy and they're staying out of contact yeah, with people, yeah. why can't you go outside and, and walk together? Yeah, you know right. what I mean. I heard that the danger is when you're 15 minutes or more with somebody who's infected talking because it has to be droplets, right? Mm-hmm. So we can still reach out and love people as we we would love ourselves. Yeah, and that's what Jesus calls us to do. And and mm-hmm. I think that our culture, the church, really has an awesome opportunity to show people what it looks like to follow Jesus. Yeah, not yeah. to hoard, not to ignore, but to care about people enough to sacrifice. Um, our comforts, mm. or to sacrifice uh, even our our um, going out, right? Like I, I'm I'm an, yeah. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I want to go out. I want to hang yeah, out with too. people. I want to like it's driving me nuts to be at home so much. Yeah, but is it? Can I sacrifice that want in order <laughs> to love somebody and not infect? Them? Yeah, I can. You know, I can, and we should because that's the God we serve. The other thing that I think is interesting about this is that. Christianity has a really robust theology of suffering mm. and, and of going through tough times. And again, I don't think what we're going through right now is the toughest thing Christians have ever gone through. We're not yeah, getting right. thrown in the arena and shredded <laughs> by lions. You know, we're not, they're, they're, we're not being burned at the stake. There's not things like that. But this is tough, and there's sacrifice, yeah. and there's worry that comes along with it and all these things. But one of the things that really um, makes me... Um, upset is thinking about wasting suffering, mm. right? Because God talks so much about suffering and what we're to do with suffering and that it's going to happen. And yeah. when it does happen, here's what you should do with it. And I think that a lot of people are just trying to soothe themselves, self-medicate to get through the time so life can get back to normal and they can forget about this Yeah. versus, no, what is God trying to do in me through the suffering? Mm. right yeah Uh, i've wasted a lot of suffering in my life i've gone through hard things and i thought the goal is to get through it but everyone gets through it because time passes i don't know if the goal is just to get through it i think that the goal is to let god use it to mature us make sense yeah i think that's good uh because the thing is is like we're we, we need to be responding well, and I think that that's a good way to respond is to uh, use this mm-hmm. uh, in the best way possible, and that's by uh, taking the time to pray and to meditate on how God wants to change us during this time yeah. in this process. Yeah. Well, and, and one of my favorite verses to think about suffering is, is one of my favorite passages, James 1, 2 through 4. Yeah. This is crazy because this is how he starts off his letter. Yeah. Right? He says, yeah, hey, James, true. you know, uh, and he introduces himself. And then verse 2 he says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, which would be a pandemic. Yeah, I would say so. Right? So he's like, whatever, whatever, try, <laughs> yeah, whatever right. hardship, right? Anything, various trials. And then verse three, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm. Okay, so trials come and we should consider it joy. So our attitude towards the pandemic should be joy. We need to consider this a joyful time, which sounds so crazy to the hoarder, and it sounds so crazy to the ignorer, (laughs) right? But we're to consider it joy. That's that's our posture towards the Mm -hmm. suffering. That's our attitude towards it. But why? And he says, because you know 
that this testing of your faith, the trial is a testing type thing. This pandemic, this stay in your house, this you might not have all the comforts you want, right? This you might get sick with the coronavirus. Yeah, right. that's possible. All of those things can produce endurance. When your faith is tested, it can produce endurance, and endurance can have its perfect result. And I love that word perfect there because it's the word teleos, and it means mature, fully developed. So not like... um, you're perfect and sinless. Sure, But it sure. means growing to be what you're supposed to be. Yes, yes. And, and that's, that, that's what can be produced through these times, you know? Suffering is a tool that God uses to cultivate us mm. in virtue and well, in character. Yeah, and how, how that works is obviously, like, when you're, you're going through hard times and then you remain faithful through it and yeah. God comes through for you on, on the other end of this and something good comes out of this, mm-hmm. it increases our faith further, in the next time that we, we go yeah. through something. Oh, absolutely. We trust God even more because we know he was faithful then with the pandemic in 2020. Now it's 2035 and I'm going through this and he's going to be faithful to me. Yeah. He's going to be with me through it. Maybe not um, I'm going to have all the results I want, right? But he's going to be with me yeah, through right. it because he's faithful. Um, and I think that a lot of Christians don't suffer well. They get through it because time passes, but they do it horribly by hoarding or by ignoring, right? And that's what I've been thinking about in my life. Like, I don't want to waste this pandemic. I don't want to waste the potential suffering that comes with this to be self-seeking, narcissistic, and infantile. I want to allow Jesus to use this to cultivate and mature me in who I'm meant to be. Because virtue is important to Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Character is important to Jesus. Yeah, right, right. All of those things are a big deal to him. And so we can't waste uh, opportunities to suffer well. Yeah, I would agree with that. It just, uh, and then uh, something else in mind, too, uh, something contrast to from the rest of the world, uh, right? Uh, we find this in scripture, too, uh, with the golden rule, right? Mm-hmm. Do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Yeah. Uh, but the idea. It's interesting. Um, uh, something that I came to find and discovered uh, not long ago. I was in a world religions class, mm-hmm. and we were go- discussing uh, Buddhism. Okay. And Buddhist teaches a separate idea of the golden rule. It's kind of an inverse golden rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, do not unto others, which you would not want them to do unto you. Okay, so that's just avoiding. Yeah, but but think about it. Think about the contrast in Christianity versus that message, right? Mm-hmm. It's do right? Be active. Be active Mm -hmm. into helping and serving others to do what you would want them to do unto you. Uh, The the other idea, and then I think this is kind of going in the world too, it's uh, like secular idea, the golden rule is Mm -hmm. to be uh, abstaining from, like like just withdraw so that way you aren't causing harm unto people what they don't want. Yeah. I didn't steal the toilet paper, but I didn't give them extra. Yes, exactly. And so that's the difference. That's what I think we should be about. We should be about doing, right? Mm -hmm. We should go out and actually do something with this because that's something that we're about here in Christ Culture and Coffee. It's about, uh, um, because the whole goal of this podcast, like we talk about all the time, is to uh, equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in your faith. But with that, it's also to go out and share your faith and mm-hmm. to be a witness 
for the Lord. That's something that we're about on this podcast. And by being a good witness and an ambassador for Christ, uh, we should be doing something about it, right? Like following along with the biblical idea of the golden rule, going out and doing unto someone you would want them to do to you if you were in a crisis. Loving your neighbor in the way you'd want to be loved. Yes, exactly. Loving them as you love yourself. That's, That's the key. And we learn and grow much more through pain Mm. than we do through easy times. Yes. Suffering produces growth. When things are normal and easy, uh, does that grow you? No. I mean, even even physically there's pain. I mean, Teething, there's pain. All these things, that's how it works. When when there's suffering, it is the catalyst for growth and maturity. When there's ease and comfort, the things that the empty self-seeking yeah, There's not yeah. a lot of growth. It, that it's with everything in life, like like not just spiritually, it's that way, but like like in like look at athletes, for example, or, yeah. or uh, bodybuilders, right? Yeah. There's a lot of discipline and pain, yeah, and endurance and like like hard times that you have to get through in order to get your results. You're literally ripping your muscle, yeah. in order for it to grow back and build new. Yeah, muscle. And, and that's the thing. Yeah, like that's we apply that to every other area of life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how it should be spiritually. We should be, because yes. uh, spiritually we need to go through discipline and a little bit of pain yeah, and some suffering in order to grow. And we can consider yeah. it joy because we know yes. that God is growing us through it. Yeah. So instead of being an empty self and, and trying to avoid all of suffering, instead of being an empty self and trying to stay away from any type of pain, Right, yeah, which is what the hoarders doing because they're trying to stockpile so they don't have to go through pain, <laughs> yeah. and it's what the ignorers doing because they're just avoiding it. Mm-hmm. We can uh, suffer well. We can. This it sounds so crazy to the world, but it's true. As Christians, we can invite suffering because we know it produces good in us. Mm, the yeah. world's trying to avoid suffering and pain because we have a Savior who conquered sin, Satan, and death. We can invite suffering because we know it's chiseling away our old self. And so if you're a listener or you're a viewer out there watching on YouTube, um, I really do want to challenge you during this time. I know a lot of, I've been watching a lot of churches and pastors are, there's a lot of comfort yeah. coming out. Hey, God's comforting, God's coming. And he is a comforter. But I want to challenge you, don't waste this time of suffering. And if you're a hoarder, panicked Christian, stop. Mm. And if you are an ignoring, defiant Christian, stop. Because we need to be self-sacrificial. Maybe, maybe this suffering is exposing that that you have these issues in your life. Maybe Mm. it's exposing these empty self-traits that were creeping in. Thank God that you can see it. Thank God that you felt the panic and now you're faced with what are you going to do about this? Who are you going to turn to? Are you going to turn to are you going to turn to consumerism and and self-soothe or are you just going to bury your head in the sand and try to ignore yeah. or are you going to turn to Jesus and face the suffering head on knowing that he can produce something good from it? That's mm, what we want to yeah. be about as Christians. Uh, we don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to like it. Yeah, right. But, but it really can grow us. It's an mm. awesome thing that God can do in and through us. So I'd encourage you, Tyler. I'd encourage me. I'd encourage our listeners, please don't Dude. waste your suffering. Don't waste this hard time. Let God use it to bring you to maturity and to fully develop you. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. Um, we do hope this was encouraging yeah, and yeah. challenging right. and enlightening and interesting and Anything else we can add ing to? Right, right, right. And then, and then with that, again, this is Christ 
culture in coffee. And the reason we have that in our title too is we're about the culture. We're yes. about things that are happening right now. And we want to uh, provide responses whenever something big is happening. And right now, this is huge. This is bigger than anything I've seen in my lifetime that I can remember. I mean, yeah. I was pretty young when 9-11 happened. But, I mean, this is, like, pretty crazy, like, with the it cultural response. And so uh, we wanted, we just wanted to give a response. We hope that this was encouraging and challenging, as Robbie said here. Um, and we just hope that uh, you spend a little time uh, reaching out and helping and loving your neighbors this week. Yeah, so. that's the goal. Go out, love people, show them that there's a way where you don't have to be panicked and you yeah. don't have to ignore. You can suffer well and be self-sacrificial because that's who Jesus is. Yeah. So right. go out and do that this week. Thanks so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.